And this series is um, on fatherhood, on um, seeing God as father, on seeing ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High King. And we, we talked about it last week, how this understanding of, of king first and daddy second is much harder than going from an understanding of daddy first to king And so we're trying to work through these things. I have to tell you, um, at the first service, uh, it was undoubtedly one of my absolute worst sermons. Uh, And, uh, you know, people that were here may go, no, it wasn't. Um, Nobody? Okay, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Please, please let me know. Okay, so we get up on, on the stage, and, and Daryl begins to do, um, they do the first song, and Daryl prays, and he says, hey, can I do the Shema? Would you be okay if I lead everybody in the Shema? Yeah, he does it wrong. He wrote a song about the Shema. Like, I don't know if you know how much, how well he knows the Shema. Shema Israel, Adonai, Adonai, uh, you know, I did it wrong. Hebrew. Um, but it was the English that he got wrong, which is the funnier part. So, and, and, uh, and it just threw him off and it made all of the rest of us very funny. Um, and then he played a couple of wrong notes, um, sang a wrong lyric in there, I think. Um, and then at the end he said in the prayer team, he's not inside yet. I see him out there. So he can't hear me talking about him. Um, and he, at the end he goes like the prayer team's going to be here and the prayer team wasn't here. Um, like you could look around and like none of the prayer people were here. He's like, and the prayer team's going to be here. It's like the spirit, um, just, just there. So it was really funny in, in that respect. I get up and my microphone, it sounded like I was in the bathroom, in a bathroom stall with us on a cell phone over a loudspeaker ordering through a drive through <laughs> if that's possible. But that's what it sounded like. Um, and it was just horrendous and it's not your fault, Matt. Uh, it wasn't your fault at all, but I did blame him in the first service. It was just ugly. And, and, and so it, it, my, my little cousin, he's like six, six now or something, but was here from out of town and his new wife and everything. And it was a whole conglomeration of stuff that was going on that just made it icky. And it was just weird. And people came up to me after the service crying and unloading things and, I don't, you know, I care more now after the sabbatical, but I still, it's a little, you know, um, it's not true. It was great. It was great. And and I was, you know, and and I'm just like talking to this stuff. And and then I hear that, um, some of my friends, um, are separating and there's too much of that going on in our community right now. I don't know what happened while I went to England, but goodness and, and so we're dealing with all this stuff, and we, we pray um, before the services um, in the back. And we, we prayed, and, and I just came, I was like, there's this, like, spirit of distraction going on. There's just this, like, I said, an evil spiritual squirrel that's trying to, like, get our attention. Going, just look over here. And it's really ticking me off. Um, and... Look, the, the good news is the 930 service is usually our rehearsal, okay? Um, they know that. They're comfortable with it. Um, you people get the good jokes, you know, because I know it works and what doesn't. Um, you get the better theology because 
whatever, um, and you get the better worship team. You're just, we like you more. Um, and, it, and so, anyone from 930 in here? I'm just kidding. I, I, you know it's not true. Um, but So, a lot of times I will, because I don't write my sermons, I, they're always different um, between 930 and 11. They're always, I change things, and, and I feel things, and God is like, why did you do that when we talked about this earlier? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Thanks. And so we, we work things out. Sometimes 930 is so much better than 11. Sometimes if I get up here and I'm just open myself up and God just moves through at 930, there's no way y'all are going to get anything good because I try to repeat it. And that's just not how I work. So uh, there's this weird stuff. And so I'm sitting, I, I went back to the back and I sat in the dark corner back there during um, the, the worship part. Not all of it, but some of it. And I just sat down and I put my head in my hands. and I'm like, God, what is going on? And then we sing these last two songs, and I didn't notice it. I almost came up at the end of For the Sake of the World, because I'm like, Daryl, it's already 1129. Wrap it up, buddy. Um, but I knew the song that was coming next, and I, and I wanted to hear it. And if you listen, those are two really audacious songs. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Show me your face. Daryl prayed it for the forsake of the world. He's like, if you ask for that, like, bring it. If you open yourself up and say those things. If you remember a few, uh, whenever it was that we did Exodus, we talked about the fact that Moses, in, as he was growing into more of who God wanted him to be, he went from this aspect of wanting to see God, yes. But then at the end, he's like, I want it, show it to me. Show me your glory. He wasn't ready to do that at the beginning, but as he grew and trusted, he was there. When we say these things, burn like a fire in me, show me your face, show me your glory. We're asking for something amazingly huge. Sometimes, as Brent said, we just go through the motions and we perform. Sometimes we just sing the songs. But oh, if we would want them. Oh, if we would believe them. Oh, if we would open ourselves up and say, God, do this so that others may know your glory. Show me. And sometimes we need to say that when we're in the darkest moments. God, Show me your face. God, burn inside of me because I have no fire of my own. Now, we started a series on um, fathers, on sonship, daughtership. We started this series talking about that what we want to do is change our understanding of who God is and how God relates to us. we begin to look at God as father, the problem is that fathers come into view. The problem a lot of times is that um, the experience you've had with your earthly father shades your experience with your heavenly father. The problem is that there is an epidemic of fatherlessness. 
and that brokenness that is in our world prevents us from fully getting into an understanding of God as Father. In the book of Malachi, chapter 4, Malachi is a short book. It's the end of the Old Testament. It's a final, like, prophetic vision. Malachi's name means God's messenger. It's God's last messenger in the Old Testament saying, look, you're on the wrong path. Stop it. But at the end of chapter 4, at the end of this last prophetic message, the way it's laid out in our text, the last prophetic message, it says at the very end, I've sent you Moses in the law. Great. I'm going to send the prophet Elijah to come before the terrible and good day of the Lord. But there's an element here. Okay, so you have the law and you have the prophets. These two things that God has orchestrated in the Old Testament. The two things that the Hebrew, our Hebrew roots that we follow, the law and the prophets. These things, but they're not enough. They're not enough for us to have connection, true connection to him. They're not enough for us to be completely redeemed, completely restored to our original state. And God knew that. So he entered into time in humanity as Jesus. I'm glad you're sitting down right now because I'm going to say something that's going to blow your minds. Some of you already know this because you went to Daryl's class or maybe you knew it before. Some of you are going to be greatly offended by this. Deal with it. Daryl's like, what did I say that offended people? I saw that look on your face. On Wednesday, when Sukkot happens, we also should be celebrating someone's birthday. Anyone know? It's always the answer if a pastor asks you a question, right? Jesus. If you look at the scripture, if you look at the text and everything it says about the birth of Christ, and if you follow the Hebraic calendar, Jesus is born on Wednesday. It may not have literally been September Whatever that day is. Um, <laughs> but it was the, be- the beginning of Sukkot, right, Daryl? The beginning of Sukkot. Because then you follow it along and, and there's this other stuff in Sukkot and then he teaches it's really cool and you should have gone to Daryl's class. But we celebrate right now. We're, we're, we're entering into this time. We celebrate it December 25th in our, in our Western way. But we're entering into this time when Jesus entered humanity, when God entered humanity to bring redemption to all things, to restore everything that is broken. And one of the things that is broken right now is relationships between children and fathers. Don't believe me? Look at the statistics that are out there, and they are everywhere. Jails are filled, filled with people who didn't have fathers or had horrible relationships with their fathers. Suicide rates, they're committed so much greater by people who don't have a relationship with their father. People, uh, children who have children, it comes from broken relationships with father. These statistics are everywhere out there. And I know they're statistics, but there's so many of them. In England, they did a study with these 500 prison inmates. They went into this prison and they said, here is a Father's Day card. Sign your name. We will address it and send it to your dad. 500 inmates. 
Zero wanted to do it. They did the same experience for Mother's Day. And there was a near riot because they ran out of cards. There's something broken there. That is not a natural experience. Let's take it down to a simpler level. Anytime someone who should not be on TV is on TV for a moment, what is the normal thing for them to say? Hi, Mom. Not hi, Dad. I said it was simpler. Get over it. But I think that shows something. It shows a brokenness that exists there. Now in Malachi, when God says, I've sent you the law, I've sent you the prophet, I'm going to send Elijah to come before this prophet, the law, the prophet. What he says is when the kingdom of God comes, fathers will return to their children. And children will return to their fathers. It's a two-way street here. It says that when the kingdom comes... These relationships are repaired. So you can say it this way. In order for the kingdom to come, we've got to get this relationship fixed. We've got to mend these relationships. We've got to bring some love and support and encouragement in children and fathers and fathers and children. It is too important of a relationship to let it be broken. Now, last week, I talked about the fact that, and I began this week, that that we shade our interpretation of the Father through our experience with our Father here on earth. And for some of us, that's been a really bad experience. For others of us, we have a better experience, but still, there are moments of failure. I fail all the time with my kids. I don't mean to. But I do. I say things in a loving way that hurts them. I don't mean to, but sometimes I do. My own father rarely ever told me that he loved me. You don't think that shaped me? I tell people I knew he loved me. But he rarely ever told me that he loved me until he was much older. Now he says it all the time. It's like, Dad, I get it. Stop. Okay, you love me. But there was a long period in my life where those words rarely came from my dad. That affects me. That shaped me. He and I have talked about this. He will hear this sermon because they get the CD, so this isn't a news flash to him. But we've talked about this. There are things that our dads do. And he didn't do it because he didn't love me. That's what he grew up with. That's what he knew. He grew up in the Depression. You just work and you show your love by doing things. There are things that our dads, that we as dads, as dads have done. 
We need to begin to repair these relationships, to get forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness, to give forgiveness. We need to begin to repair that relationship. At the end of Malachi, what it says is, if this doesn't happen, I will bring a curse on the land. If fathers and children are not reunited, the land will be cursed. Here's the thing. When there's broken relationships between children and their fathers, it doesn't just affect that family. It affects us all. Look at the statistics. This isn't stuff that's that's just one family oriented. It affects the community. When we don't have these relationships right. Some of you, your fathers are no longer living. Pray. Write them a letter. Give forgiveness in a tangible way if you need to. Now, I'm not saying that all of us have this father wound deep inside of us that we need to shine a light on. Some authors say that and everything, and that's great. But I'm saying that in order for us to move from where we are seeing God as king and and to see God as father, in order to go so far and be so bold as to say, burn like a fire in me, show me your glory, we have to see God as daddy. We have to see God in such a loving way that we're not afraid to ask those questions. That we don't hesitate and pull back and just sing the songs but don't really mean it. That we're going to enter into our relationship with just ah, one foot in. That we are going to go full force because a father who loves you is saying, Come on. Let's go. At this service, there are some prayer team members. We prayed them into existence between the services. And I'm going to ask them during the last song. The worship team's coming up right now. And they're going to sing a couple of more songs. And we're going to have a time to respond to this. For some of you, this has done nothing. It's okay. For some of you, I've angered because of something I've said. It happens every week. I'm used to it. It happens every week in my house, too. But for some of you, maybe this has opened a door, a moment. Maybe this has opened an opportunity to begin to heal. To begin to move in such a way that you can see God as Father. Because once we get that, watch out. So if you need to come and pray and begin that conversation, come. Don't be afraid of other people looking at you. Because chances are they're just not as strong as you to stand up and walk forward. So as we go through these next couple of songs, these last moments of worship, 
Allow God to begin to move and speak in maybe ways you've never allowed before. Let's pray.